Welcome back to the Safe House Travel Diary. I'm your host, Suha. We last left off as night one in Beirut was coming to an end after visits to two very contrasting places, Burj al-Barajne refugee camp and the famed neighborhood of Marim Khayel. We're now at day one in Beirut, where I go back to Marim Khayel for a quick coffee with the up-and-coming young rapper Ziggy, who you heard from a little bit in episode three. After that, we plan to head to the concert venue, KED, where Chino was throwing his farewell concert. He was leaving Beirut for good in a couple days, but not before agreeing to sit down for an interview with me at Soundcheck. Yes, I was going to meet the man himself, the Syrian-Filipino rapper who I couldn't get out of my head on that boat back in Istanbul. This is episode four, Mamluk. Give it a clap. Okay. Welcome to The Safe House, a diary of my global exploration of hip-hop in misunderstood places. Hi, my name is Suha. I'm a mama, Lebanese immigrant, and most of all, I'm curious. I'm traveling around the world meeting hip-hop artists in their safe houses to talk about the experiences that shape their music. Welcome to season one, Three Nights in Beirut. It was one of those unremarkable mornings in Madam Khayel. Saleh was locking up his motorcycle near the coffee shop where we planned to meet Ziggy. When something caught my attention, an opening in the buildings that lined the street, I noticed yellow caution tape. And when I walked over and looked at the view between the buildings, it took me a moment to realize what I was looking at. There was a highway overpass running parallel to the Mediterranean Sea. And just behind it, some buildings on the shore. Cranes. Warehouses. The Beirut grain silo. I was looking at the port of Beirut. The crater there was left behind by the almost 3,000 tons of ammonium nitrate that exploded that afternoon in August 2020. I tried to imagine what it must have sounded like or felt like if I was standing here the afternoon of the explosion two years ago. I imagined my mom and my kids, Amina, Kareem, Medina. I turned around and looked behind me. Homes, shops, restaurants, offices. I understood now why Madam Khayel was so severely damaged after the explosion. People flocked to Madam Khayel to pull survivors and victims out of the buildings and begin the citizen-driven rescue, recovery, and cleanup effort. This is Beeks, rapping from his bedroom about the trauma inflicted by that day. Hazik <laughs> 
تروما لون الدم على الحيطان دمعة أم ابنا مات ووجع بلد ولاده تيتمت تروما هزي هيدي أو نترات هالمجاهد كلها براسي من ذاكر بيروت تهدمت تروما by the time we linked up with Ziggy, there wasn't time for coffee like we planned. We were all running late to sound check, so we decided to go to Ked together. Ziggy and Saleh looked at me as I figured out the mathematics of the situation. We had one motorcycle and there was three of us. I said, I'm not riding in the middle. And with Ziggy wedged between us on the motorcycle, the three of us rode to Ked. I've been backstage at dozens of shows. You stay out of the way, you don't leave a footprint, and you don't take pictures. So we kept a distance as Chino sound checked, and I got to catch up with Ziggy for a while. We're uh, on the rooftop of KD right now, Ked. Chino's sound checking right now. Ziggy's about to sound check in a couple of hours. We're just hanging out. So I'm a third culture kid. I'm Palestinian in Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Us, like Lebanese Americans, we have our own culture. It's like a mix. Chino, third culture. Chino, female, kill she. Sorry, I'm a Filipino. I'm a Yeah. All right, back to Ziggy. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's how you came up with your name. I will. I will stop my finger, finger randomly on a name. It stopped on an ugly name, but besides it. We're just hanging out, listening to. The chorus goes, "Ana fi rihla la rasul mithali," means I'm in a journey to the perfect thinking. Me too. Nice. This is Aladdin, the lead producer at Ziggy's label, Beirut Records and Entertainment. There's a lot of crazy kids these days in this country doing crazy shit. When it comes to hip hop music, they have the real message. You're tired of hearing like, I'm a Batek watch and a Cuban link chain and all that shit. You wanna hear someone that can talk to you. And people have to go through pain to create something beautiful for other people. These are the people that are gonna talk to you. The pain that people went through generated some new shit. So how did it start for you? I was a nobody. I was a nobody for the wrong reasons. I was Palestinian. I was a bullied kid. I was not a happy kid. Like I was scared in school and in-house. Like I got beaten everywhere. And my dad was not very fatherish. Like I'm familiar to violence. I mean, I moved to Saida because of fucking war in my area. A lot of violence. Yeah. But I, I wanted to revenge. I wanted to make someone out of no one. Ziggy grew up surrounded by violence, at home, at school, in his town. He mentioned it in our conversation in passing, 
but he's referring to the 2007 siege on the Nahr al-Barid Palestinian refugee camp. I was nine years old, and yes, we moved to Saida because of total war, not violence. It was a fucking termination to the whole refugee camp. No house was left. During the months-long siege, all 27,000 refugees fled the camp, and the Lebanese army leveled it in order to smoke out members of the Fatah al-Islam group. By his 21st birthday, he had inherited a Lebanon more uncertain than the Lebanon his parents grew up in. Now 24 years old, he was living in Madam Khayel, working on his first album, and on his journey to Al-Ras al-Mithali. We need to at least find a small W in this. Everyone's creating their own balance. And that's what I think makes us special as a country. I was there to meet Chino, full stage name Chino with a Y, one of the most consequential MCs to call Lebanon home. So rare does this happen in life when you daydream about something and then get to actually experience living it. Nusr Sherbaji. Um, I'm known as Chino with a Y. Once based in Beirut, now moving to London. I'm a rapper producer, organizer, uh, artist manager, and just do stuff with hip hop here in Beirut. on my third culture kid hat because I feel like I need to have this on like while I'm talking to you because okay. we were just talking about like what it means to be a third culture kid because you're just like you're like a fourth fifth sixth culture kid. <laughs> like, when we sat down Chino told me about why he was drawn to hip-hop culture and how it shaped him as a mixed third culture kid who was born in Southeast Asia but grew up in the Middle East. Yeah well I'm half Syrian half Filipino and I was born in the Philippines and I moved to Saudi when I was a kid when my dad was working there and I'm really looking forward to London because I'm always on the move you know I feel I don't feel like I'm I really fit anywhere anyways you know and are you still connected to the Philippines yeah like, my whole family actually lives in Manila mm-hmm. ever since the war in Syria they all kind of moved to, to Manila 
we're a pretty big family, and uh, when it comes to my siblings, um, I try to keep them like together, like we're a team. And when I moved to Saudi, I had like no friends. Yeah. You know, like yeah. really nothing. Even my mom didn't have friends. It feels like us against the world a lot of the times. Like nobody really understand us in the Philippines, and nobody would really understand us here in the Middle East, mm -hmm. sort of. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I wanted to talk to you actually about your musical influences. What era of music did you grow up in? I started listening to hip hop back in like 93. Yeah, and I mean, my first album was like uh, 1993 by Naughty by Nature. I remember seeing the video clip for the first time and like people chilling on the basketball court and I used to love playing basketball and their own whole demeanor, their whole swag is like their own thing, you know? So to me, that was, uh, that was just like refreshing and I think it's just something I really wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, so that attracted me to to the whole culture because it's like I felt, I guess, probably lonely. You know, and then when I saw a video like that, it was like, wow, that's really cool. I would like to have a group of friends like that. You know, um, like my best friend when I was growing up, he's Armenian, and he used to live in Glendale, and then he would like fill up his zip drive with with um, music and especially LA and underground stuff. And then so I got really into the underground LA scene without me actually being in LA. That's crazy to me because like if I didn't know anything about you and I were introduced to you, I would 100% think you were from LA. A lot of people would like, yeah. especially from America, would ask me if I'm from LA yeah. and uh, that kind of shaped sort of like who I am. We're not, we're, we don't feel fully Arab and we don't feel Western either. Definitely not Western, that's for sure. You know, I... An outsider everywhere, Chino found the closest thing to home within the Lebanese rap scene and leaned into the unapologetic authenticity that defines Lebanese rap. The most important thing about hip hop is representing the context you come from. And that's why I feel hip hop should be like guys like J. Cole who wanted you to know about like- Vietnam. Yeah, North Carolina, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's always been that, you know, for me it was like, you know, to have like a back and forth between the Arab diaspora and the West, but but export what we do from here to them, you know. There's this like Arabic diaspora that's really hungry for this stuff and also having like, more identity issues because of where they're from. I think the more interesting hip hop is always the people who invite you to their world. And I think that's important for these young kids. Chino is at the center of proving that, along with having dope MCs, DJs, breakdancers, producers, and graffiti artists, the relative freedom of expression and ethnic and religious diversity make Beirut the ideal regional hub for Arabic hip-hop. And by the summer of 2019, the success of the Arena Rap Battle League and the week-long hip-hop festival Beirut Scum Week proved that to be true. But by 2020, hopes for the scene needed to be readjusted in the new Lebanon, the post-Lita collapse, post-COVID, post-port explosion Lebanon. The Lebanon where the only thing for certain is that it's changed in ways that will take a very long time to recover from. Yo, 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 play something? Anything? really tried to make the scene evolve. There was no example of success, so you really just had to do it because you love to do it. You don't want 
want rap to be an anomaly. You want to be in the fabric of your society. You have to push the standards and you have to push the whole scene. So if there's only one person succeeding, then you're not really creating a market. You're just creating an anomaly. In 2019, I felt like it was our peak in Beirut. Whether it was like the battle rap league called the arena, you know, we wanted to produce it in a high level. We wanted to do like the festival like Beirut Scum Week. We wanted to prove, okay, we're here now. You're going to London now. What are your hopes? At first, empowering myself and having a chip on my shoulder where maybe there were stores that closed in front of me, you know? I really like to look at my albums as like phases of my life. Okay. And in the album I'm Luke was like kind of like to inspire people who are kind of like me, who don't fit in and they're like in the small minority group. And then the Mamluks are basically like slave warriors that rose into the ranks and became, you know, generals and then they became like mm -hmm. leaders and they had their own caliphate. There's been articles and social media posts that have both condemned the Lebanese rap scene as dead in the aftermath of 2020 and celebrated it as experiencing a renaissance. Which one is true depends on who you ask, but one thing is for sure. The Mamluk spirit that drives both a scene veteran like Chino and a newcomer like Ziggy to make something from nothing persists. And if Aladdin is right about great pain leading to great art, Lebanese rappers have a deep well to draw from. Thank you so much. This You're is welcome. like such a crazy day for you. Like, yeah. I really appreciate you taking time out. No, Can I just get like a quick pick? Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. I'll see you tonight. I'm so excited. All right. See you guys. See you. Yeah. Yeah. In this episode, you heard from Beaks, Aladdin, Ziggy, and of course, Chino with a Y. To hear the music featured in and inspired by this episode, check out the playlist in the show notes. You can also find more information about the siege on Nahr al-Bered and the other themes touched upon in this episode in the show notes as well. And lastly, a very special shout out to my street team, the listeners who've been emphatically spreading the word about this podcast and sharing their impressions of season one so far. Your feedback means the world to me, and I have been implementing it. Did you notice that this episode is a little bit longer than the other ones? So if you haven't yet, you can leave your feedback on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Join me next week as Salah and I bask in the full glory of the Lebanese rap scene at Chino's farewell concert and go on another little unplanned adventure. Until then, peace and much love to you.